Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text is, our text is uh, Psalm 18. I'd like you to turn this morning in your hymnals to Psalm 18. It's in the beginning part of your hymnal. And we will speak it responsively, half verse by half verse. Psalm 18. I love you. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction, excuse me, together. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. In my distress, I call upon the Lord. To my God, I prayed for help. So this is a portion of our text. You may be seated, and I would encourage you to leave it open to that as we proceed through the sermon. We're at the beginning of the service. We said, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yet, looking back at Job chapter 38 that we heard earlier, we see that the, that the Creator is all-powerful. If you continue on with Psalm 18, we hear similar words with the earth reeling and rocking before the Lord, the darkness as God's covering smoke and devouring fire, hailstones and coals of fire breaking through the clouds, as well as lightning. And in the gospel reading for this morning, you also heard about the storm and God, or Jesus walking on the water. God, mighty, powerful, and maybe even scary. How do we know that this God is for us? Well, Psalm 18, where we concluded, answers the question with the word temple. Keep that in mind. You see, there's a struggle in the minds of people. Of, if God is all-powerful, why doesn't he just go ahead and take care of everything right now, remove all the evil? And that's a powerful question that many have asked themselves and have answered, since there is so much evil in the world and God has not removed it, Maybe God isn't all-powerful, and they have given up on the faith. Psalm 18 brings up the most horrid and powerful evil that we face in our life, and that is death itself. The cords of a death entangled me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol, or the grave, entangled me, and the snares of death confronted me. And over the past two weeks, there has been so much death Mary's father, Joe Spores, my vicarage pastor, David Shoemaker, our daughter-in-law's uncle, Tim Kurkowski, David and Sharon's uncle, Jerry Tushrer, Grace Lutheran Church secretary's husband, Jerry Walsh, and now Sonia Moan found it dead in her home. How much? How long? You know, for David to sing this psalm, 
you might say it was easy for him because he was on the other side. On the other side of his troubles, especially the threat of death. The inscription reads, if you are in the Bible with Psalm 18, it says, A psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Yet it's easier to praise God when we see how we have been delivered. But when we're in the midst of troubles and challenges, it's like Job living through the loss of his property, the loss of his children, the loss of his health. Like the disciples in the midst of the raging storm, where is God in all of this? And we may look at creation and marvel at the wondrous things that God has created. We can see the power of God at work from the little seed that sprouts into a great plant, from the lightning and the clouds that hit the earth and the storms. But where is God when the flood and the storm turn against us? Where is God for me? What David goes ahead and does is to point to God's temple. Maybe you've heard the phrase that God hides himself to be found. He hides himself so he is the answer to everything that exists, especially our salvation, for God hides himself in his creation of his temple. And that's what David confesses. Look again at that psalm in verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. And that temple, of course, brings forth thoughts about a building way in Jerusalem. But remember your history here. At the time of David, there was no temple. The tabernacle, if you want to point to that, laid in ruins in Shiloh. The Ark of the Covenant transported to the, from a house to Jerusalem. And David, though he had made many preparations, it wouldn't be until his son Solomon that the temple would be built. Now, as you would travel back in history when the tabernacle was along with the children of Israel, when it was first, before it was built, Moses is given a copy or Moses copies what the Lord has for him from heaven. Therefore, when you think of the temple, you want to think of something greater than brick or stone. As we travel now from David to the temple which Solomon built, it is important. In this regard, the book of Jonah has much to teach us. Remember how Jonah's running away from the Lord? Yeah, running away from the Lord the creator of heaven and earth. He even goes ahead and says it. When the sailors, he confesses to the sailors who caught up in the storm, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven and who made the heaven and the earth. Well, where are you going to go if he made the heaven and the earth and he's present everywhere? You can't go anyplace. So what was Jonah really running from? The point is made clear 
when he confesses that he's running from proclaiming the God who is gracious and merciful. How do we know this? From his prayer. While he's in the belly of the fish, he prays, I'm driven away from your sight, yet I again shall look upon your holy temple. The waters enclosed over me to take my life. The deep surround me. The weeds were wrapped around my head as the, at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed up upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God, when my life was fainting away. I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Sounds much like David's words, doesn't it? From his temple, he heard my voice. The temple was the place to find God's grace. Now we're in the gospel reading of Matthew 14, and the disciples are caught in a storm. On the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus speaks, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Well, Peter goes ahead, If it is you, Lord, then call me out, right? And he starts walking on the water. And he sees the tumult of the sea and what the wind is doing. He begins to sink and he cries, Lord, save me. And Jesus saves Peter and the disciples as they confess, truly, you are the Son of God. But what is that temple connection? For there we turn to John chapter 2. For Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Well, the Jews understood the temple that was of, made of stone, right? Well, it's taken us 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. Jesus, the heavenly temple, and the earthly one. He is the place where God meets man in grace, in his own body, and then for all humanity, even for us. He is the Word made flesh, God dwelling in man, a temple for us. And now, where do we find this temple for believers today? It is among those who are in Christ Jesus, as we read in 1 Corinthians 3. For no one can lay a foundation other than what has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are God's temple? You, plural. And God's Spirit dwells within you. Jesus is God's temple. You are God's temple because Jesus resides among you. It is here in his church that we find God's grace and mercy. Among us, we hear the word and Jesus' specific word of forgiveness. Here, we not only see the bread and the wine, but we hear those words, this is my body, this is my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. There is no other place in earth or in heaven where you can find more Jesus, more God for us than among those who believe. And by faith, we know that it is true. Even in our darkest moments, even when our faith is so very weak, even when we take our eyes off Jesus and see the tumults around us in our world, and such a beautiful place like Hawaii is destroyed, or I should say one of the islands, 
and we fear that all is going to come crashing around us. Among us, in his temple, is God for us, Jesus. I lift up my eyes to the hills, the psalmist says in 121. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. At first, that hill was on Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, where the temple is. But Jesus came to another hill there, a place where the cross was, and death came upon him. But death could not hold him. God the Father raised him from the dead, and before he ascended, he promised, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. The temple of Jesus is always with us and among believers, not just in creation, but in connection with his creation among believers where God has promised to be in grace. Jesus is here among us because his word connected with his creation, the human voice, water, bread, wine, giving forgiveness. He is building us into his holy temple. Now when you see a fellow Christian in Christ, they are there for you in Christ, and you are there for them in Christ, who is there for both of you, for you are his temple. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.